You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week we are recapping Josh's message on Romans 12 verses 1 through 8. We're answering a couple of questions. The first one being, does God assign varying levels of faith to his people? Uh, And if so, how does that work? What do we do with that? And then we dive into spiritual gifts and how those work. All of that and more on After the Message. Hey guys. Hi, Good Mike. Morning, Mike. Mike. Welcome Good to the morning. podcast. Yes. yes. This is After the Message. Chase is uh, applauding. Chase, Chase, give us a always, always Chase love is a good hype man. Look, that was not canned I applause. love it. You'd just be sitting in a random space and Chase just all of a sudden applauds. I love wow. it. Yeah. It's, Chase, it's, it's good to have you back. It was, you know, it wasn't the same uh, last week with me. Multitasking. Doing the stuff. <laughs> all the things. So, You're way better at all the things. He had to host Chase. and push the button. It was. Yeah. You could see, you could kind of feel the stress. It was like. <laughs> you know, it is amazing how, like, how much stress just like those, those simple little the, tasks those can extra, create. You know? Extra the, things. Yeah. That's right. It is. <laughs> yeah, requires a lot of injury. Uh, so, so earlier we were uh, um, Neil, who's who's in the room, uh, was was looking at something on his phone and and looked like he was, was intense. Yeah, he was really thought. intently looking at whatever it was. And um, I meant and to Sean, say energy. It requires a lot of energy. Yes, for my brain to do things. And instead, the word was injury. Yes, <laughs> came out of. Which is a beautiful example. Which also exactly. works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, I had to I had to use a lot of injury last mm-hmm. week when I was uh, mm. when I was uh, doing the all the tasks. <laughs> so, anyway, it's good to be in the room today. We got uh, we got Sean and Josh and Preston and Neil and uh, so uh, and Mike and Chase and Mike and Chase. Yeah. So, as, how was your weekend? Any any interesting things to bring up before we jump into the text it's a good weekend yeah it was beautiful it was it was beautiful it was a nice weekend absolutely gorgeous outside, outside breathing in the pollen all day saturday <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i know i saw so many people at church yesterday who just like just like had you know watery eyes and mm-hmm. you know and they were moved by the spirit yeah. Yeah. things oh no okay. <laughs> yeah moved, moved by, by the, something uh, moved by the, the, the yellow spirit that's uh <laughs> floating in the air right now yeah <laughs> um, so Anyway, well, uh, that's good. So that was that was Sean. You're the only one that had a good weekend. Yeah. It was, no, it was, <laughs> it was a great no, weekend. It was good. Hey, good. so lot, yeah, great weekend to fish. It like, was a great weekend to fish. Josh had a an incredible they, time. They caught his, his all favorite man, perch out of their all pond. the perch out every of our single pond. one. I think one day we caught the first day we Friday we caught twenty, and then yesterday 20. we caught about fifteen. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sat, it was Saturday, back. Saturday and Sunday. Oh yeah, it was certainly catch and release. Um, we're just we're just in it for the for the the reel in. Mm. That's all we want yeah. to do. And my girls are going to reel in regardless if there's a fish or not. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're throwing it and that's Throw why, it and reel it. That's why perch fishing is the way to go for our family because they're they're going to hit it as soon as they hit the right. water. And if they don't, that that bobber's coming right back in. So we're, we got a big time. <laughs> that's that's the it's fun awesome. of fishing is just uh, yeah. reeling the thing. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, this is confession time. But uh, little kids fishing. Means you're untying knots for oh, hours constantly, and so when they get the pole out of the water, they 
twirl right, in the yeah. air like it's a sword or something, and then yeah, the, it gets wrapped around. Part of it, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Frustration of it. So much fun. Teaches yeah. patience. Yeah, I remember so. when Caitlin was was little. We were fishing in uh, in fishing in a stocked pond, like <laughs> next <laughs> to like a feeder. And so, uh, like as soon <laughs> yes. as the as soon as the hook hit the water, like you know, there was a fish thing. on it. So she and and it was just a cane pole, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. So. So she's just like yanking fish out of the water left and right. And as soon as I could get bait on the hook, you know, there's another fish. So I'm mm. all I'm doing is standing there That's taking fish do. off That's hook right. and putting bait on. That's a dad life. And That's it's just it. steady. That's it. That's it. So yeah, if but you she want was a fish, you go another time. Yes. She was having the time of her life. So anyway. Well, so we uh we started into Romans chapter twelve on Sunday. And uh great. Finally we're in twelve. Yeah. Finally. Which I like. Like, I like that chapter. I do, too. It's good. It's not that I dislike the others, but... What's your favorite part about it? about 12. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, especially the first, like, the first few verses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, it's something in my role in, in, you know, we talk about it a lot because, um, you know, we talk about, it talks about worship. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just always something that I've, mm-hmm. I've come back to personally a lot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah. And and then of course the whole the whole section about gifting and you know mm-hmm. how the body and, and each person is gifted uniquely. Um, Dude, you know, you're getting it all wrong. That's not the best part of the passage. The best part of the passage is the renewing of the mind. Do <laughs> 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 like I agree with you, Mike. Of course, that would come from our psychologist. Uh, right, right. That's right. <laughs> Wow. I agree with now Mike. Now we Kate. know what injured his mind as he was studying earlier. <laughs> yeah, Neil so, Smarsh. And I got to say, uh, that comment just led my, my mind to a YouTube video that's been popular going around social media, you know? Have you ever seen the... Uh-uh. Oh, oh, I've got to find it. I, I can't remember what it's called because we need to announce it on here so people yeah, can watch it. Yeah, what is it? it? But I don't know uh, what you're talking about. It's like this uh, this trio, and they're in this church, and they're they're singing a song about the renewed mind is the key um, to. Have you seen it, Chase? Oh man, I gotta find it. You guys are gonna love it. And and it's Dude. choreographed. What? It's choreographed, and and they're oh, wow. dancing. Oh, it's the old school one. And they're yeah, the guys in a coat and tie, yes. and like they're. But he's like hip hop dancing. Uh huh. Yes, sir. I've seen it. <laughs> uh huh. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Coming to Broadmoor. So anyway, next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the best part. So if we ever do, if we ever do show notes, we'll have to do a link there for that. that that's video. right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. What's it called? The renewed mind is key. Jesus inside me. Uh huh. See. There you, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> but done to hip hop dancing. <laughs> that's great. Uh, next yeah, week, Mike. It's, it's, it's pretty it's gonna be good. good. Pop and locking. Anyway, all right. So, enough about that. Um, <laughs> let's move on. So, where do we want to start? Like, so we had so many things that when when we were talking about what we would want to address here, um, uh, we had so many things uh, yeah. to uh, to cover. Uh, so, a couple of questions that came up seemed like they came up in life groups. Let's address those first. How about that? Um, sound like one came from like a, a youth group, yeah, right from the high school. Uh, yeah. Around one of the high school tables. Yeah. And so... So uh, it was It was the idea of, does God assign different measures of faith to different people? Right. Out of verse three. Yeah. So where it says, and so... Um, I got to turn there. Um, Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And so the question was, does God assign different measures of faith to different people? 
Can I tell you, I've never read that in that way, like ever, until you asked that question. Mm. Really? No. Huh? How did you? Mm. How do you read it? Uh, I don't know. Like, he doesn't. As soon as he asked, question, read it. I was like, uh, <laughs> we skip over first. Of course, uh, of course like he's also there. operating with an injured mind. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's what injured it. He gave up. Yeah. I mean, out the gate, the answer to that is yes, because it says it does. Mm. Um, right. I mean, yeah. ultimately, we 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 trust what it says. Um, but then you get into, well, is that what it really means? And is, is that Paul's point? Um, and to that, I do believe that God does give people, and this is going to be true when you get into the gifting. Um, right. God is sovereign. This, mm. this goes back to chapter 11. He can do what he wants to do for his glory and for our good. Um, you know, we live in a world where, where that may be harder to hear. And first century Christians didn't hear it as hard. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to pull any punches here, um, but we live in a world where everybody has to have the same thing. Uh, everybody has to have equal measure for everything to be fair. Uh, I, having two girls in our house, you know, we, we have a teenage boy. Uh, he was the only child for a while, so nothing ever had to be fair. But if we buy something for, for Mary Joy, we've got to buy the same mm. exact thing for Lydia, or there is going to be war in mm. our house, right? Mm. Uh, and, and I know we all live kind of in that dynamic. So when we hear things like this, there may be a tension that rises up to say, well, that doesn't sound fair. Right. Well, God is God and he is sovereign. Chapter 11 told us very clearly he, he doesn't have to go by what we think is right, good, or yeah. fair. He is right, good, and fair, and his version is higher and better than ours. Mm. It makes so, me think of the parable of the talents, too. That's exactly Because that's, that's right. usually where we go. That's not fair. How can, he, yeah. how can he give this one more than this one? That's right. But there's lots of places in Scripture where it's not fair from the angle that mm-hmm. we see it, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And truly, yeah. I don't believe the first century Christians had the same tension or would have the same tension that we mm-hmm. carry today. Um, so to the answer, yeah, I, I believe God certainly does give people different measures of faith uh, in the same way he gives them different measures of gifts and abilities. Yeah. I was curious, too, when when we were talking about that, because we also read about the faith of a mustard seed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So really, yeah. even the smallest measure of faith in the mm-hmm. biggest God right. is still significant. Right. And so, you know, when God gives us faith of any sort, that's a that's a huge thing. Huge thing. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that was one of the points that came up, I think, among their group. Um, but the, I think the other thing is, does it mean quantity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, that's a good question. And, and so if you read commentaries, there there's not a – like no one's sure exactly what that's it right. means. Certainly not right? united. That's right. Yeah. And so – some of it is around the idea that God does give different quantities of faith, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to speak. But others say, no, it's more about um, the fact that God actually gives faith. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the object of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's measure, right. measure is not meant to uh, judge it against something else, but to say God gave you God the giver. this. Yeah. He's the giver of, of faith. That's it's right. the gift that's been given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, another another. Uh, thought was that faith can also mean a standard by the standard of faith that's been given you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, or along the lines, it's always connected to the gifts is how a, a person manages or stewards that gift. And that some people, God gives different people the ability to manage certain gifts better than others. That's correct. Um, and so not necessarily saving faith, but the the way that we manage or steward mm-hmm. something um that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So like the idea of the generosity of God, 
uh, a few weekends ago, I had the opportunity to teach through Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And the idea that as image bearers, God gifts Adam and Eve everything they're going to need in the garden. Says, These are, this is what you're going to eat. This is all the stuff you're going to need. Now go have dominion and take care of it. But again, even in there in the beginning of the story, it is all about what God... They can't do anything apart from what God has given that's right. them. Right. And that's that same theme kind of goes throughout the whole gospel, which is... God's going to, he's, he's initiating a relationship with us, right? And gives us everything we're going to need yeah. to give him glory and to, uh, for the good of our relationships, mm-hmm. for the community around us. Yeah. Man, that's so good. And, and I, I had just a, a Bible story pop into my mind. Uh, one of my favorite chapters in John is John 21. Uh, whenever Peter's being mm. restored mm-hmm. uh, after yeah. the debacle yeah. of, I didn't know, you know, the, the yeah. denying him three times. So the question now becomes: After he's restored, what about that guy? What about yeah. John? Yeah, and and it's to that exact point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's and right. Jesus effectively tells him, "Hey, what's not yours? <laughs> this is cool. This is so." Then the idea of using sober judgment is the idea of not buying into lies, as Adam oh, yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sticking what God has revealed to you, and yeah, and believing full truths, not half truths. Yep, mm. that's good. Mm. Yeah, and I think it it ties back into the whole idea that the point of these verses that. Mm-hmm or particularly this verse, is that no matter what you see in other believers around you, you have a role to play in the kingdom. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you're not to think of yourself more highly or, 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 even, lower. or even lower. That's right. right. That you are a significant part of the body of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. You're exactly so, who you are, and you have exactly what you need to do what God's called you to do. That's exactly right. And he yes. gave it all to you. It's mm-hmm. all. It's there. It's yeah. He gave it. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's a good, I mean, I think where we are is a good springboard is to, to just kind of take things a little out of sequence and go on and talk about the gifts. Um, uh, because again, I mean, that, you know, that's what we're talking about. I mean, God has gifted each one of us uniquely Correct. Um, to edify and serve the body. The body. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we tend to look at gifts and we envy certain gifts and right. and diminish others. Elevate, yeah. And and so, you know, what we're saying here is that everyone has a role to play and it's all of equal importance. Um but I think there's even a question as we read this passage, uh, because there are certain things in 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 just this, you know, small lift of list of lift. List <laughs> small injury, list injury. injury. <laughs> Mike's got injury. In this small list of uh of gifts uh examples that he gives here, um, you know, there are some things that it would seem like, okay, well we all are called to do these things. Right. Yet some people are gifted mm-hmm. to a greater measure to sure. do these things. Yeah. I think that's fair. So let's talk about and that. And there's some of the gifts in this list that are make us nervous, especially in being Baptist. Like the first one, prophecy. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're like, uh, that. Let's uh, go ahead and jump yeah. to giving. Yeah, let's right. jump to yeah. uh, work, like whatever that would be. But yeah, so so jumping in, right? So there's the list that he gives, and starting in verse six, um, he says, you know, you have differing according to the grace given. So just that line sets up everything. God has a plan for it. I don't believe that God is just like, well, you'll get this and you'll get this, and I don't, I don't really know what you're going to do with it, but we'll, let's see what happens. Mm. It's, it's by grace, the same grace that mm-hmm. saves us and sustains us. It's the same grace that that God has gifted to us, things that are going to be helpful for for a kingdom advancement and pointing clearly to Christ. Right. So his list is prophecy, uh, and he says, you know, if 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 that is the gifting that you have, then do so in proportion to your faith. We could have lived forever in that statement. 
Yeah. You, you well, I was going to say, and define prophecy, because you, you said that this does yeah. make Baptist nervous. Sure. So, so what does it mean, the word prophecy here? Yep. So I'll start with what it doesn't mean, right? So this isn't soothsaying. Um, this, the, the purpose behind prophetic speaking isn't, I'm going to speak this into being as if I have an ability outside of anyone else to say, um, today I'm really hungry and I believe a sandwich is going to show up. So I'm speaking that sandwich <laughs> into existence. Uh, or the, the opposite side of that, where growing up, um, somebody would say, well, you know, if you do that, you're going to get sick. Well, don't, don't speak that into existence. Don't, don't even speak the word sickness. Mm. That's not this. Um, that that's more new agey. That's scary stuff. Like when mm-hmm. I hear that, I'm like, man, yeah. we don't even want to play around that that world. But it's become so invaded into to the world we live in. So prophetic in the Old Testament, as they would have understood it, is men and women truly who would stand and say, "Thus says the Lord." So they would have a word that they have received, whether that be from from God's word or through prayer, and they would simply stand and say, "This is what God has told me." And this would be prophetic speaking, prophetic teaching. Uh, it's not like this this new agey kind of thing. It's truly this is what God has said, and this is what we're going to remind you of. So when we go to the prophets of the Bible, major and minor, as we we have them in the Word, they're essentially saying, "Thus says the Lord," and then they repeat what yes. God has said. So that, which leads us into maybe what makes us nervous. Um, you know, uh, of course. We have the word of God, right? So, Correct. So prophetic speaking mm-hmm. in, in today's terms is that basically expressing the truth that, that we already know of God um, versus some new thing new that God might have spoken. Yeah. You know, if somebody says, hey, God, God has told me this, not necessarily in God's word, mm-hmm. that, like, that should make us nervous, right? Yeah. Should. It does. <laughs> it does for me. There's yeah. some people who live in that realm, and they're like, "Man, I, I, that doesn't make me nervous. I, I live with that. I, I don't see that in the Bible, right?" And and it yeah. still makes me nervous. And I don't know if it's because of what I do when I tell somebody that I'm a pastor. Uh, I, I, certainly, I've been told I don't look much like a pastor. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I, I take that as a good <laughs> thing. I don't know what a pastor is supposed to look like. Either way. That's exactly right. But evidently, I don't look like that thing. Perfectly combed um, hair, and because you don't, I don't have any. <laughs> but I did comb my beard this morning, yes. so so that is that's going right. there for me as well. But like, I'll sit down. So, for example, just a few weeks back, I was sitting down, and uh, it was it was a lady, and she was visiting from from a, a different place, and I'd, I'd never seen her before, and never seen her again. And she sat down, and and she realized that I was the pastor, and she's like, "Hey, I have a word from God for you." I was like, mm. well, "Fantastic! What's what chapter?" <laughs> in verse. Uh, and she she essentially went on to tell me that I need to be careful um, because some bad things were going to come my way this year. And the Lord wanted me to know that. And I thought, well, that's pretty sad. Um, you know, I was, I was hoping at least a prophetic word would be a lot <laughs> a lot better or happier. Um, so when I asked her, I said, hey, you know, to help me understand where where did you, where this come from? Like, are you in, in devotional time? No, I'm just sitting there. The Lord just gave it to me and I, I, I needed to give that to you. Mm. And I was like, well, all right, so nice to meet you today. I'm so thankful that you're here today. And I just, you know, went on to, to go get my coffee that morning. There's a lot of people who think that's prophecy. Mm-hmm. That I'm sitting there and I have a feeling, and I'm like, well, you, that feeling could have been the breakfast you ate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it could have been what could have been a hundred other things. But but we live in a world where again the gifts become so uh, important because it makes us feel important, especially mm-hmm. prophetic gifts. Mm-hmm. We're speaking on behalf of God, and this is. We didn't even intend to get into this in the podcast. There's part of me that wants to say, hey, do you know what prophets who 
who spoke outside the will of God <laughs> happened to them yeah. in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like they were stoned. They not, were killed. Not good. Mm. It was not good. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that we are a proponent of that today. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think they have so many people today who are trying to to speak on behalf of God mm. because of how it makes them look or the power that they see it have. Like some yeah. new age, I have this superpower and I can speak things into existence or out of existence right. mm. because of my It gives them status. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have a quick question. How do you guys practically discern the difference between or understand the difference between someone's personality, their skills, their talents, and mm. then spiritual gifts? How do you all distinguish the difference between those two things? Say more because I... Some of those yeah. are together, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, say it a different way. So in the church, <laughs> so in the church, we talk about spiritual gifts, and we'll often lump in certain things that we. Um, so someone, uh, a good singer, does that make them automatically like? Do they have certain spiritual gifts that go along with their personalities? Mm. If someone's an analytical mm. thinker, or uh, um, they're good at art, or wh- whatever the skill set is, they're good at finances. How do you guys see? someone's natural skills, their natural personality leanings, how does that mm. relate to spiritual gifts? Are they the same thing? Because mm. that's the question I get asked often mm-hmm. when we talk about spiritual gifts is, okay, yeah. so talents mm-hmm. versus strengths versus spiritual gifts. Mm. I, think they're- I, I think they're a little bit entwined, a little. Not completely, though. Um I think it comes back to this. God, I believe on one hand, God gives you, we all know people have certain abilities. Mm-hmm. Like like I can sing really well. Right. But Mike has not appreciated my singing ability. And <laughs> right. I feel like he's stifling my, my ability. <laughs> right. So, yeah. and so, Speak more about that. Mike, so, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for stifling my ability. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, so there's, there's certain talents, gifts that people have. Um, so I do think when God gives us faith, so mm-hmm. let's go back to the measure of faith. When God gives us faith, and this is what Paul's talking about, how do we now bring all those things that God has created in us for his glory and for the good of those around us, mm-hmm. right? And so so there's maybe a a moment that once we have faith in God, that God has, God has given us grace, renewed our hearts, that now we see that everything that God has created in us should be used for his glory. So I could see, that's why I say they're intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do think also that um, God could could actually, upon salvation, lead someone to develop a gift of mm-hmm. teaching or... Oh, yeah. Or, yep. You know what I'm saying? So there, right. there may be a supernatural so, aspect yes. to it, that, and there's exactly also right. uh, the leveraging that, yeah. of the natural gifts. I, I think so, there is a supernatural aspect, um, but sometimes I do think they overlap as well. Sure. The key, I think, goes back to the edification of the church, of, of uh, the yeah. body, though, because there are lots of things that people are good at that don't necessarily build the body as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't put those in the category of a spiritual gift if it's not being used for that. Yeah, There are some things that I think people are just naturally good at, kind of born like athleticism, things like that, right. that you kind of come into the world wired that way. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily say those are spiritual gifts. I do think right. there's mm-hmm. a an element of God giving you something with the intent of this is going to glorify him by edifying the body. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. And, I, and I, I, I just, I agree with those things. I, and I think that, you know, as I think about it, like personality, I think it certainly can be a help um, in their intertwined 
But like I think about someone who is gifted in teaching, for instance, um, I've known great teachers who were both introverted oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and some who were extroverted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they right. had very different personalities, mm-hmm. but they were both effective teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think the danger comes when, you know, because I've, I mean, honestly, I've wrestled with this, uh, you know, much of my professional life because I've always been surrounded by uh, type A leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a type A leader. That's just not the way I'm naturally wired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've I've felt like, less than in many cases mm-hmm. because uh, I don't lead that way. And like, you know, and the thought has always been in my mind, I can't be an effective leader. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking about spiritual gift here, but but I can't be an effective leader because I'm not wired like that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, well, I think over time as I've grown and matured, like, okay, I can be effective as a leader. It's just going to look different mm-hmm. than the way that... Yep. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Other people lead, yeah. right. That's right? You're supposed right. to simply. Your opportunity is to lead in obedience to how God's positioned right. you right. and leading you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think every time, and check me on this, but I think every time gifts are mentioned in Scripture, it's mentioned in collection and community. Yes. It's yeah. always for a purpose. It's for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's never the individual and their individual gift and how God wants to use it just for the individual. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always that collection. That's right. Yeah. So I, I I know I derailed you, Josh, about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it's derailed at all. I, I do think it ties back in. I know we kind of jumped in. Um, yeah. But if you go back to verse 2, the reason Paul sets up verse 2 is is we need to be able to discern what God's will is. Uh, and we do that through the leading of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of God's word in our life by the renewing of our mind. And, mm. and that has to happen. And, and I believe the order of this, the sequence that Paul writes is the right order in sequence. Because if you jumped into gifting prior mm-hmm. to understanding God's will, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, that's when you begin to platform people that don't need to be platformed, and you don't platform people that should be platformed. Mm-hmm. Or, or people feel because their personality is strong or dominant or driven, I want to do that, and God must want me to do that, without checking to see if God indeed wants you to do that. Mm-hmm. Or there yeah. may be other people who are nervous, and their personality is more reserved, and they say, well... If God would have wanted me to do that, then he would have given me the type A personality. Right. Well, whenever we sit with the Lord and he is clear, I made you this way for a reason, and you're going to go do that. You can test to see what, what God's will it is good, pleasing, and perfect will. That changes everything. Then we move into the giftings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in those giftings that, that we move. The, the beauty of, of what we're going to see over the course of the rest of Romans is it's almost like it is moving outward. So, so when we start in Romans 12, it starts with how we relate with God. And then from there, it moves to how do we relate with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Then it moves to how we relate with the church and then to non-believers and then to the rest of the world as we, we – move on into eternity. And so there's this this beauty of Paul's writing, and it starts, though, first with discerning God's will. Mm-hmm. Because if we skip that, everything else is ruined. Yep. Mm. That's good. So so it starts there for us, so we can, we can discern it. All right, so you talked about the renewing of the mind, uh, verse 2. Um, so what is the mind? How do we understand the mind? Ooh, Dr. Marsh and Dr. Crow. What do you That's guys right. have for us This sounds today? like a, uh, yeah, this is like a, a psychologist This is a psychologist question. question, and there's only one psychologist in the room. So, <laughs> so I think if I'm going to – I'll take the first shot, and you can clean up whatever I mess up. <laughs> so Don't injure it. it in, if I'm, so 
I'm going to kind of go back and grab, if you've not read any of the Kurt Thompson stuff or Dan Siegel stuff on this, this is pretty helpful right now. Um, I think the mind includes our brain. It includes the way God designed us, the way the brain functions um, left and right, bottom to top kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The way that we can, as we learn and practice things, it creates new neural pathways. It does all that. But it's not just that. I think to Sean's point, it also includes the soul. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, it's partly our brain. It's also partly um, our relationships and how we work together and think we're influenced by each other. I think the mind is also something that changes constantly. It's never static. So it is it is it includes the brain, but it also includes soul um, and relationship as well. So it's bigger than just my brain. Mm. But it includes that. Mm-hmm. It's also the soul level stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. and we're constantly. It's constantly being shaped by our interaction with each other, which is it goes back to Genesis, right? God designed us to be in relationship or attachment or attunement with Him and with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly uh, in the yeah. same way that spiritual gifts are built around community and for the better good. It's also it includes how we're shaped by our relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's I think it's important that you know even. Even God himself, Jesus, talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Like this is, is the core of mm-hmm. everything that you are. Mm-hmm. You, the you mentioned soul. Of, the yeah, seat that's, of, that's a great, yeah. it's a great right. term yeah. right there. Um, because you do see language even in other places in Scripture that where it looks like they're thinking with a heart that doesn't make sense to us because we think of feeling the heart goes along mm-hmm. with feeling, right? right? And the mind goes along with thinking, mm-hmm. but that's not the... And so Paul's saying here is like, okay, so this whole thing that is both partly your anatomy, your brain, also your soul and the relationships. He's saying, okay, from the fall, you are broken and sinful and leading towards death. That's that's where your current thinking and mind takes you. The Holy Spirit indwells in you and begins a rebirth or a renewing of to, to bring us back to what we were originally designed to to have as our experience as image bearers. Mm. And it's the process of getting that thing back to what it was designed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so when we when it talks about here not being conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewal of your mind like mm-hmm. so because I've always read that and I always kind of think uh, in in strictly spiritual terms, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I listen to you talk, it 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 occurs to me like maybe there's like there's some physical things that that happen too like you talk about neural pathways and things yeah. like that and josh you even made the illustration uh yesterday uh something to this effect that you know uh the more at least my note was you know sort of the more we immerse ourselves in the world like like the world is trying to conform us that's correct and um you know and it's almost again i think of those neural pathways you know the um the more we're exposed to those things the more our mm-hmm. thinking starts to become mm-hmm. um Molded. Like what we're mm-hmm. immersed in, um, so there's almost like this physical sort of uh, physiological aspect to this as well. Yeah, it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it is in the same a healthier view. Is it like some things we we think in terms of from the fall, things are either spiritual or material or or non spiritual, and in fact, they all they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Everything is everything is sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. by submitting to and practicing relationship with the Father and abiding with Him. It begins to merge those things back together, back to what the original design was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it's the practicing of, of that with him. Yeah, yeah, and and to, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. But I also think, just in the practical nature, right, is 
whenever we worship, this again, I think sometimes is lost on Baptists. I don't think it's true at Broadmoor, but our 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 worship posture isn't just a mental posture. It's a physical mm-hmm. posture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we posture ourselves for worship, whether that is open-handed, uh, and, and it may not seem like a big deal to you, but if you sit there and worship with your arms crossed mm-hmm. and you're you're trying to work, well, you're you're already shut down because whatever it would be. But if you just say, "Hey, I'm surrender, Lord, I'm surrendering to you," hands open. That's physical posture. That's a heart posture. That's a spiritual posture. Mm-hmm. All three of those things working together because we are beings that encompass all three of those. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we when we put all three into action, we mm. move further down the road yeah. mm. in that. And I think that's true in how we leverage our life uh, outside of the one hour a week. Uh, if if only you were worshiping in the thought process of your mind, but you were never doing so physically, uh, you are missing out on a huge aspect yeah. of of your worship experience. Yeah. I, I, I had a... There was a beautiful moment yesterday. I was down front for the response time, and I had this thought because I also don't want us to hear that there's certain things you must do in yep. order to correctly worship. That's right. If you look at our congregation, like during that that closing time, you're facing them, you see people with hands open, mm-hmm. hands raised, eyes closed, swaying back and forth. I mean, like you yeah. see this, you see this beautiful collection of people. Mm. Focused in yeah. and truly thinking about the words that they're singing, and and they're having this moment of worship where mm-hmm. they're they are honoring God in their hearts and their minds and through physical actions, and, yeah. and it, it was just a beautiful moment yesterday. That's right. Yeah, um, I saw that yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and and I think again in because you you made a distinction yesterday, which I really appreciated, and in, in that worship is not uh, about. Only, only what we about, do yeah. when mm-hmm. we gather in right. the right. room as the body of Christ, right? So, right. Um, and and I think that in in today's world, you know, we tend to sort of, um, and, and probably the church is is contributed to this, um, but but we tend to we tend to think of worship even 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 in the context of the worship service, we tend to think of worship as the music time, you know, right? And and then there's the sermon, you know. Yeah. And uh, which is all like, like that's all fallacy. And 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 I love what you said a minute ago, Neil, because you said everything is sacred, and you mm-hmm. were talking that's about right. you know yeah. mind, body, mm-hmm. you know all that. But I think the same distinction was made in terms of our worship on Sunday. Like yeah. you know we we tend to compartmentalize. Like mm-hmm. we have our church life, we have our personal life, we have our professional life, and and like and those things are all separate. Mm-hmm. But um, if we think of worship properly. Like it's all sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It like, absolutely should be. It's all an act of worship. Be. And and I think if if we were able to live a little bit longer from the sermon yesterday, or, or if I were able to go back and speak a little longer on some things, it, it would be that. Um, because I think what we do is we uh, what we as as paid ministers and, and professionals in, in the ministry world do is we offer opportunities for worship. Mm-hmm. We. We ourselves are entering into worship, mm-hmm. and I think Mike, uh, you, and, and Chris Grote, who's new to to our worship team, and all the other people who are on the stage, you have a very unique and I think a daunting task because, in essence, you guys are worshiping, and you're inviting us to join you in worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there's there, there's got to be attention for you. I know it's mm-hmm. got to be there because it's there for me when I preach. We're not acting. We're, mm-hmm. we're we're not put we're not putting on like when I've sat in in y'all's rehearsals, what I love about it it's not 
it's not just we're going through music or, or the style. Like you guys are worshiping even in even in the the, the pre run through, which is a beautiful thing. So the point is when in, in the preaching, if we don't come with this first Romans one and two Romans twelve one and two posture mm. into the Sunday morning opportunity, you didn't worship that day. Mm. You came and watched other people worship. Mm. Yeah. Because our if if we are not surrendered, that is worship. That's what he says. This mm-hmm. is our spiritual, spiritual, this is our reasonable act of worship. If we're not doing that, you did not worship. Mm-hmm. You came and watched other people worship. You were mm-hmm. around other people as they worshiped. Mm-hmm. But our worship isn't music or or environmental or even preaching or giving. Our worship is a body posture, a heart posture mm-hmm. before it is anything else. The other things are just helps mm-hmm. to get us to worship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that—that that is a tension I think um, that that we live in. Many times we think, "Well, I I worship today because I came and I sat and I was there." Well, if your heart wasn't, Lord, I'm yours. You didn't worship. You and came I, and in I and think watched even in that moment, we can be tempted to be conformed, right? Yep. Um, mm. Because there, it's not it's not totally out of the box for me to raise a hand or do something like that during a, a song. Um, I don't know that I've ever done it while you've been preaching yeah. when there's been something spoken that it's resonated with me. You but should join Marcus. I, he does it all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. But um, not yesterday, but Sunday before, um, we just, because of some things going on in our world, the, the emotion was probably a little higher in me. And there was a moment um, during a particular song that I, for, a, for about three seconds, I found myself fighting what would this look like. Mm. And then I just mm. was like, I cannot hold this in. Mm. And I did not just raise my hand. I wept. Mm. I like. I thought if somebody's watching me right now, they're going, golly, what's going on in him? But it was my offering in that moment. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah. it was me as mm. best I could in the moment saying I am surrendered and yeah. um, and, I'm, and I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had to fight through it. It yeah. didn't just come naturally. There was, even in a moment of worship, there was this temptation to be conformed to what would others mm. want or think or say that I had to fight yeah, through. And I, yeah, and I... And I'm so, I'm so aware, and even as a worship leader, you know, I, I have those same thoughts. You know, okay, what, what are people going to think if I do oh. this or that? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think ideally, you know, we're creating an environment where there's a, there's a freedom, mm-hmm. uh, for people to, uh, have authentic expressions, whatever that is. And like, we're not judging mm-hmm. that. Now, I think there are inauthentic or sure. even inappropriate sure. expressions. Right. Um, but. Ooh, speak more about that. <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> Oh well, let's see. Um, and I and I guess more the the question I'm not asking you to to name this would be this wouldn't be, but I think that's true. Yeah. How would we draw the line to know what is and what isn't? Hmm. Yeah, and I think that so there are some things that we might consider inappropriate that I think are easier. It's probably easier to draw the line on those things. Uh, inauthentic. That's much harder, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's harder to judge yeah. whether it's that hard, that is right. Yeah. So I see you you lifting mm-hmm. your hands in worship, Preston. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to 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 know your heart behind sure. that. Is it is it to impress someone around Draw you with how spiritual or, I am in this yeah. moment, or yeah. or is it some authentic expression? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's hard to discern, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that's something yeah. God has to discern um, the motivation. Of your does, heart that, does it lead to unity or chaos? 
And that's worship. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah. that would be more for the expressive worship, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But again, that, that but goes if, down denominational lines because mm-hmm. if, yeah. if you are at Broadmoor, there's certain things that if, if you were to go to New Palestine uh, and, mm-hmm. and you maybe worship expressively here, that some of the senior adults at New Palestine would be like, hey, uh, what's that boy doing? Uh, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it would just be that. But then you, you move down there and then you go to Parkway uh, Pentecostal mm-hmm. and there are things that, that we do and they're like, man, you guys, y'all don't have it, man. You can mm-hmm. step your game up. Uh, that there is just common practice mm-hmm. yeah. for them. Um, so it is, yeah. that is a unique mm-hmm. discussion. I think it comes to, yeah. again, sober judgment. Are you, are you making good decisions? Are you... What's the motivating factor of how you're expressing and experiencing yep. worship, yep. right? That's right. For example, if Sean uh, on a Sunday morning went back to miming on Sunday mornings again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? You cannot that, get away, my did, friend. How did that come oh, up? You, you didn't know, see it coming. You, you shouldn't even <laughs> ask the question anymore. That was pretty, good. That was, that was pretty good. that was good. Leave you've got the black lights so, out. So let me, let me, let me, let me recapture this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but like if we push that on out, though, I oftentimes think we, we still – we go to this mode of Sunday mornings and response, but how do we even go into if everything is sacred? Yep. How do we begin to judge even in the decisions someone makes mm-hmm. of whether yeah. or not we see that that is honoring or not of God? Yeah. And so, because what what we're literally talking about is worship doesn't just take place on Sunday morning, mm. doesn't just uh, take place in physical responses, mm. but literally in everything we do mm-hmm. throughout the day. And so yeah. so like how do we even begin to decide what is appropriate and inappropriate for those even things mm. that and so is it more about like I just heard you talk about that moment that you struggle. Yeah. Could it be like as I heard you talk about that I was like how beautiful is the even the struggle. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That you come to a moment that you're going God you you're wanting me to do something here. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. And even that moment to understand that there's this relationship between creator and created yeah. savior and the redeemed that in that moment, that there's this mm-hmm. thing going on there mm-hmm. to bring you to a point intimacy. that he wants you to intimacy. be intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's in, good. In surrender. I think you said maybe yesterday in the sermon, um, he delights in our surrender, mm-hmm. and, and I think that was well, that was part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. If go back to then, it is: Are we surrendering the gifts that He's given us to be used for His glory? That's right. That's yeah. right. Back to Genesis again. Yeah. The That's same right. Thing. Yeah. Josh, you looked like you were about to say something. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, we're getting real close on time, and, <laughs> and you're going to close us out in just a few moments. But um, Preston, today is Monday, and it is March the sixth. Uh, and, and Preston and his wife and Dawson are heading out um, mm-hmm. to Boston tomorrow, March mm-hmm. the 7th. Um, and um, if it be okay, could we, could we pray for yeah, you absolutely. this morning? Mm-hmm. Um, and just, uh, just a, a little, it's, it's a medical deal mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's for Dawson and, and we're, we're praying for, for good mm-hmm. and for them to be able to get yeah. everything they need to get mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands, just a little um, background, you guys bought a one-way ticket. Yeah. Um, for for a season that is unknown, but yep. we hope that season is really quick, yeah. uh, and everything is is yeah. in our standard uh, well and healed and come some soon. That's right. So yeah. if yes. that be okay, could we could we close that way? Is there anything else before we do that? Uh, I was yes, we can close that way. You have something else. There was something else we were going to talk about, but Preston's going to have to go in a minute. Anyway, That's right. So, I, so let's 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 go ahead and. 
pray. Okay. Well, we'll do that, and then uh, then then we'll close out. And um, next week, uh, as we jump into the the last part of Romans twelve, which will be great. Uh, and then the next week, um, Pastor Sean is going to be leading us into the very easy subject <laughs> Romans uh, of Romans 13. And, I know. And I called Sean the other ready. day, and I was like, Sean, dude, like, what? <laughs> Who did you offend I, to get I, this topic on that I day? Told, I told Josh yesterday, I think I'm going to start the sermon by walking up to the, the podium, sitting on the floor and going, my legs don't work, my eyes don't work, my ears don't work. <laughs> like, so. uh, that's a little uh, sweet that's Lydia. That's good. good. That's fantastic. Well, great. Uh, I'd love to pray if that would be okay. All right. So random interjection here. Um, While we were praying, the power went out of the church and we lost the the back half of Josh's prayer over Preston. Um, So we have no way, obviously, of recovering that. So I thought maybe it would be interesting for you guys that are listening to kind of lean into what Josh is praying. And then whenever you hear it cut off uh, awkwardly, Maybe you can, uh, to yourself, continue that prayer and resolve it uh, and just kind of throw those prayers of blessing and comfort towards Preston and his family. And that also means that the end of Josh's prayer will also be the end of the episode. So don't be thrown when you don't hear the outro music. It just felt out of place to (laughs) to have the intro and outro music fade in underneath Josh's prayer for uh, Preston's family. So, all right, here's the prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to always come before you and know, God, that you you care what we have to say and you care about what goes on in our life. But, God, we are even more thankful that even before we know what to pray and even before we go through anything, you have it all under control, mm-hmm. and you see it all, and you know it all, and you have it all. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, as we come on behalf of Preston and Jennifer and Dawson, mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of their family, no doubt. Um, but God, as they get ready to travel to Boston, um, Lord, would you would you just hold them? Um, God, bring them bring them nearer to you than they've ever experienced. Um, God, let them feel your grace and your peace, and let that guard their heart and mind.